Oh, hi. A uh, quick call from the UK. Hopefully this one comes out okay. My phone is going bananas. Um, I've been watching a lot of your videos on your YouTube channel, the, the Pageant Tower, and you've got the three main um, sort of sets of games, the sort of the D&D-inspired Dying Earth uh, superhero game, the Champions, and the D100 uh, Renaissance games. And obviously all these are online, so I was wondering if you could talk about like uh, the top five do's and don'ts um, of online gaming. Because I've listened to quite a few games online, and there's a, a definitely a, a difference in quality. Uh, also, how about games um, sizes? You know, you've gone from you know, two players to you know, five or six players. Is there a point where that's, the online gaming can't cope with uh, a certain amount of players? Um, yeah. Cheers, mate. Uh, carry on, carry on. And uh, I hope to listen to more sessions in the future. Bye-bye. Mark, thanks for the most excellent questions you've been firing at the Vanishing Tower Press lately. Your questions are the same questions I ask myself and how to best run a game. Right before I listened to this message, I had gotten off the phone with one of my players discussing the use of a music bed under the dialogue for the session playbacks i just started adding them like music going underneath the whole thing and i want to know what he thought about it um but we were both he he liked it a lot i was really pleased with the results the music is a nice way to smooth over the dialogue and blank spots which exists for the sake of timing um but it has a practical effect as well with a music bed underneath a replay of a game session. The blank spots when someone's not talking, you can still hear a little bit of the music and so you know your podcast hasn't got gotten hung up and so you don't take your eyes off the road and on your phone. So it's a built-in safety feature. Uh, but then I want to steer the conversation with, my, with the player towards actual content. The fascinating fact which keeps me up at night is the product of the game is, unless recorded, ephemeral, fleeting, and only remains in the mind of the players. As I've said before, the actual content of the game, gameplay, has the least amount of time spent on it. Outside of the two to three hour session, there is only thinking about the game. And we all know how accurate recollection is. It's hard to be thoughtful and critique your play when it is nothing but a fleeting memory. I've banged about how I find recording the game sessions gives me accurate notes, an ability to reinvest rulings made on the fly during a play. Essentially, I now have an objective face to place my subjective opinions on and around, and seeing I'm doing which is wildly cringeworthy and stop doing it. So to me, this is really interesting ground. This is where some aspect of play can be argued on the same grounds, not the perception of talking of the same thing. The tape is the tape. The decisions and rulings made for a better game or didn't. The PCs did interesting things, or they didn't. Two different people can discuss these subjects with a real piece of material in front of them. It's not subjective. Um, 
As far as do's and don'ts of online gaming, uh, five over five people is not going to work, or it's not going to work for me. I think it's incredibly unwieldy. Uh, I played in games where there's six or more players, and um, it slows the progression of the action down. That's all it does. There's a certain spot where you get enough players and everyone can participate in moving the story forward. And then there's a point after, and I say five, that that falls apart. There's a minimum. I don't like playing solo, just one GM and one PC. Champions is running on two PCs right now, and it's the genre that holds it together. I like three people. Three three four is perfect have five on the roster so you'll always have three or four for any given game session um and you'll keep more people in the seats obviously if your game doesn't suck so you add that in that's a good way to look at that um virtual tabletops like roll 20 ditch them i did I can't use them. I'm trying to recreate a tabletop role-playing game experience, and I didn't. And it doesn't include a virtual tabletop. It includes talking to the other player, even though they're just on a video screen. It still comes across really well. Well, uh, some extensive use of window treatments and gimmicks on the video screen is out. If the players want a map, they have to draw it themselves. Um, I mean, these are regular old guidelines I've come to adopt. It fits my style of play, obviously. Simple, obvious stuff I think most DMs are using these days. Uh, like one of my favorites, I'm sure this is nothing new, a sheet with bullet points on important occurrences or connections or, or repercussions I don't want to forget about in the middle of the action. Um. And make and because I think they're important. I think they're interesting. They're very important and interesting parts of the encounter in the game world. So they generally make for really good player encounters. Um, though I don't know how many times I've written "Use the Flaming Morning Star" on my bullet sheets, and I haven't done it yet so uh thank you thank you for recognizing the quality of play being generated at the table by my players it validates the approach my players and i have taken to this sport and the approach has been wide with osr sensibilities old school rationale as i like to call it and i don't think there is anything in the Games, there's a group is doing which can't be picked up out of one of the many old school gaming primers. So, what is the quality of play you are noticing? That's what I want to know. Here are some of my conclusions. Uh, sensitive of pace, I try to make sure it changes during a game. George Lucas said three different environments. He liked to have three different environments in his movie. Um, he likes to 
have at least three major changes in the story's environment. And I've just adopted that practice in my session prep. It helps change the pace of the session with scenery changes. And the law of threes has been really helpful. So I guess that's a do's or don'ts. I always give choices in threes minimum. If I can't, if I think, you know, sometimes there's so many sprouting out, you don't have to think about the possible choices confronting the players. But if we're looking at courses of action um, with a little bit of information, not the whole story, I always try to give three different paths, three different things to do. Um, and then that kind of does tail into what George Lucas does. So there you go. Um, have a reason for every encounter, including the random ones. Just because the encounter was not anticipated doesn't mean you shouldn't know what these characters are on about. Really hasn't been much of a substitute then for getting inside NPC's psychs and playing them up to it. Where are the antagonists doing or planning is due? Staying on top of their activities, even using a timetable of events, seems to make the encounters with the PCs more believable. The better I get at playing interesting or even just plain old appropriate NPCs for the situations, uh, the better I think my methods improve when it comes to delivering a rich narrative. The players can start weaving their own words around. But these are techniques. People use the same techniques on many subjects, and it's plain different people get different results. So tell me what you find qualitatively different in these playbacks compared to others. For listening pleasure, I think the value of production is pretty obvious. Editing out all the non-specific adventure talk is probably the biggest thing. Um, editing audio of the play session cut the time of the broadcast in half. Uh, fight scenes can be tightened up with editing, making the engagement punchy, a little more punchy, make the sick turns come a little faster. Um, so don't worry, recording uh, of the game sessions will continue. It is, well, it's the truth of your game. Clear eyes can see it for what it really is, good or bad. Of course, it isn't that black and white. Gamers my age aren't running bad games, more trying to make their games better. So the points I'm digging at seem to be very small and hard to find. So keep the questions coming. I look forward to when someone else jumps in and argues with us. I mean, how much of my mouth can gamers really take? 